Fourth of July week. Hallelujah. We need some fireworks in church, don't we? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Smile at somebody you can be seated. Praise the Lord. We <laughs> Amen. I notice there's not a whole lot of announcements right now, so enjoy your summertime because we're going to keep you busy when fall comes. I'm telling you, backpack giveaways, and of course in August, and that's our big outreach event. And then, boy, the fall, boy, we have a lineup. Hallelujah. Uh, Pastor Tom and Shelby, I mean, Tom and Shelby, uh, that is really old, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not, you know, I'm not the only one making mistakes. Some of our other pastors do too sometimes. Glory to God. But uh, Pastor Tom and Maureen Anderson will be with us, and their son and daughter-in-law is going to be with us also, and that's going to be in September. Amen. And Scott, how many of you remember Scott Anderson and his wife? Going to be with us, and then uh, Mark and Trinette Hankins will be with us in the fall. Yeah, come on, get, get, come on, you're excited. Glory to God. So we have a lot of, to look forward to. And uh, ladies' breakfast planned for what, September? September, amen. Come on, ladies, give yourselves a hand. You can't miss that. Praise the Lord. So, uh, amen. I'm sorry I didn't remember the ladies' advance, I mean, uh, at luncheon because I'm not invited. So you guys will have to do <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I just wanted to share some things with you because sometimes we get into a, uh, uh, you know, summertime is relaxing, and our summertime is a little short, you know? I mean, we're already into to July. Can you believe that? Glory to God. But uh, amen. Harvest time, awakening. Our youth is going to be going to fire conference. Amen. Down to Tampa. They're going to come back and ignite us again, right? Glory to God. Well, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Last week, uh, we introduced uh, this series, uh, the Holy Spirit, not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit, saith the Lord. Glory to God. And uh, today, we're going to share some things with you. Last week, we talked about, you know, uh, jumping into the river, I mean, just diving in, getting drenched. And a lot of people shared with me after church on that Sunday, last Sunday morning, that they've come out of churches where they've been taught that uh, against tongues, against the baptism of the Holy Spirit, so on and so forth. We covered that in detail last week. And uh, if you need more information, you can go to our uh, app or our website and go and listen to that message again. So I don't have to repeat everything, but the Holy Spirit is a now. He's now, hallelujah, he's in the earth. He's moving in a mighty way, glory to God. Hallelujah, the power of the Holy Spirit. And in Zechariah chapter 4, 6 is our foundation scripture. And he said, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now, what I'm going to talk about today is uh, living the life in the spirit. Amen. Every day, every day. And uh, last week we, we talked about it's, it's possible to even quench the Holy Spirit or make him sad because he is a person. He's just not an influence. He's not a feeling, but he's part of the Trinity, the third person of the Godhead. Hallelujah. So what we're talking about today is not by 
our power or our strength and our ability, but it's by his power, his strength, and his ability that we can live a spirit-filled life. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 through 18, the Passion Translation. It says this, but the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. How many of you that happened to you? Amen? The veil lifted. See, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said one thing, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you, he will teach you into all truth. And also, the Bible says in 1 John that we have an anointing, we have an unction from the Holy One. So uh, we are not those that should fall into deception or be led away by some weird doctrine or something because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Glory to God. Now, I like this, verse 17. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit, and wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. Wherever the Holy Spirit is Lord. Now, what does that mean? What does the word Lord mean? Huh? We say that a lot. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Yeah, it means that, that, that we... There's obedience involved in lordship. We honor. Amen? There's respect. That's what we're going to talk about today just a little bit. What does it mean? When the Holy Spirit is Lord, there's freedom. Now, when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to be uh, the most important part of our life, an intimate part of our life, then there's going to be bondage. We're going to have addictions to things. We're going to try to do things ourselves in our own might, in our own power, in our own strength. But the Bible says where the Holy Spirit is Lord, amen, when we're subject to the Holy Spirit and we're coming under him, amen, and he's leading our lives, then there's going to be freedom. I mean freedom. Amen. Like Fourth of July freedom. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Some fireworks going off. It says in verse 18, we can draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors. And this is what the Holy Spirit wants us to become, reflections of Jesus. We become mirrors, hallelujah, oh, praise God, (laughs) who brightly reflect, what does it say there? The glory of God. Now, how many Christians do you know that can you, honestly, you can honestly say that they reflect the glory of God? That's a powerful statement. Reflect the glory of God. Amen. The glory of the Lord Jesus, praise God. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glory, glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, I think the church of Jesus Christ needs to mature a little bit. We're still in baby stages in, 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 in a lot of things. But that's because we've not really yielded to the Holy Spirit. We, we, we like the goosebumps, we like the feelings, we like the worship. But there is, there, there is a place in God 
that the old timers learned to get into. Amen. I mean, the, the saints of old, they knew how to press in. Say press. Into the things of God. They knew how to get past the ankle deep, the knee deep, the waist deep, and take the plunge. Amen? Giving their all. Say giving their all. Now, this is God's purpose. If we are going to see a great awakening in the earth, we have a part to play in that. We can't only wait for this group of people or that group of people. We, you know, many of you uh, saw Jesus' revolution. You see what God is, ha- has the ability to do. Amen. In the 60s, in the hippie movement, changed lives dra- you know, dramatically. And God can do that again in any generation. But he has to have a group of people that are not playing church, but that are being the church. Amen? That are being led by the Holy Spirit in every part of their life, and therefore reflecting his glory. Amen? And I grew up in church, Pentecostal church. And, you know, I mean, the Apostle Paul faced, I mean, all the time. He was telling the people to grow up. (laughs) Stop bickering. Stop fighting. Stop backbiting. Stop judging. Stop doing this. And for some reason, religion brings that into the plate. Well, amen. We need relationship and not religion. Hallelujah. We need a partnership with the Holy Spirit. That will change us from the inside out. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. We need to reflect the glory of God. And it's only by the Holy Spirit that we can do that and be that kind of person. Amen? And as we really yield to him, the person of the Holy Spirit, can we be radically changed? How many of you want to be radically changed? You shouldn't be content to what you are right now and where you are in your Christian walk. We should constantly be pressing in to the things of God, going deeper. Hallelujah. Think about the disciples before and after the day of Pentecost. How, how a bunch of misfits, you know? The sons of thunder. <laughs> They were with Jesus. They were being mentored by Jesus. Think about it for three years. And you had some wanted to call fire down from heaven. You had Peter that, that Jesus had to turn around and said, get me behind me, Satan. We talked about this last week. Peter actually denied Christ in the last few moments of his life. I didn't, I, you know, I don't know that man. But on the day of Pentecost, oh, glory to God. That's why Jesus said in John, I must go away. It is necessary that I go away because you boys can't do what needs to be done in the earth. You can't reflect my image. You can't reflect my glory unless I leave here and the Holy Ghost comes back and empowers you to be witnesses. Hallelujah. Glory to God, who puts that dynamite ability on the inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, in the book of Acts, 
And I'm going to read this, Acts chapter 11, verse 26. There was something about the New Testament church. And here in verse 26, it says, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. Now notice this verse right here. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. There was such a change in people who had been saved, who have gotten saved and been baptized with the Holy Spirit, that in Antioch they begin to be called little Christs. That's what Christians is all about. Now you hear the word Christian so loosely used. You know, well, I, go, I, I guess I'm either Catholic or, a, I mean, a Christian or Muslim or this or that or whatever. But Christian means Christ-like. And the only reason why that, that, that the people were being called Christian or little Christ is because of their new identity. They were on fire. They were on fire for Jesus. They were preaching the gospel. They were, we read that in the book of Acts. They were going from door to door. They were in the temple daily. Church was the most important thing in their life. They would meet on street corners instead of gossiping and, and talking about political things. And I know it's hard to do nowadays. We want to talk about political things. But they talked about Jesus. And by declaring Jesus, that will change political things. Amen? That will change a generation. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, Paul had to deal with the Galatian church over in chapter 3 of Galatians, chapter 2. I mean, chapter 3, verse 2. It says, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He says in verse 3, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? And I want to bring that down to right now. You know, when people get baptized in the Holy Spirit, they are on fire for God. They are excited. I mean, when there's uh, worship, they're up at the altars. They're, they're at Bible study. They're at home groups. They're, they're at church every time the church is open. Right? Amen? You're telling everybody about Jesus. Well, then all of a sudden, they begin to begin to do things, operate their Christianity out of the flesh. Now it's becoming a burden to read the Bible. Now it's become a burden to pray. It's a burden to come to church. I get up on Sunday mornings, I don't know if I feel like going to church. I can just watch online. Hallelujah. Amen. And it's good that we have that feature that we can watch online. And we welcome, we say hi to all the online people this morning. Amen. But there's nothing like being in the house. I'm glad that we started having church and meeting inside. That month was rough for however many weeks we had to go without meeting at church. We decided to have it in the back parking lot. That was fun, but it's still, you know, it, it was cool. I, you know, during the COVID thing, when we were able to get back together and party, everybody was honking at each other. <laughs> Waving at each other from their cars. I mean, that was cool. But there's nothing like gathering together. 
and the Holy Spirit ministering. Hallelujah, body ministry. But you know, we begin in the Spirit. Thing is, we've got to stay in the Spirit. We've got to fellowship with the Spirit. Once we start stepping over into the flesh and trying to fix ourselves without the help of the Holy Spirit, guess what? Condemnation rules. We go deeper and deeper, and many times people leave the church because there's the only way you can be satisfied and satisfy that hunger is to keep that intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Come on now. Hallelujah. Some of you might be going through that transition. You, you know, you, you, you're trying to, you know, you've lost, lost that fervor. You've lost that excitement. You, man, you got to get before God, lay on the floor, get into your closet, and begin again to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what happened, but I, 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 I've, I've walked out of fellowship with you. Now the Holy Spirit's still in you. Amen. But it's not, he's not left you. You've left him. Come on now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Life without the power of the Spirit is terrible. And the thing is, we have the power of the Spirit at our disposal. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That's why he sent back the Holy Spirit into our lives. Amen. So how can we live a life in the Spirit? There are a couple things I want to share with you this morning. You've got to let the Holy Spirit, number one, reveal. Expose. What does that mean, expose? To bring to light what is holding you back. Come on now. This is kind of a pastoral message. What's holding you back? Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't know what's going on. <laughs> There's one place, the Apostle Paul, great, the Apostle Paul, he said, man, I don't even know my own heart. But God does. God does. See, the Holy Spirit knows the things that we, we and, and the day and age that we live in, it's so easy to become distracted and moved away the current of this world is stronger than it's ever been. We have social media that we have to fight against. We have the uh, demonic powers. And I mean, come on. I was listening to a, a very powerful man of God this week that, that, that was sharing the, uh, about the, the, the evil spirits back in the Bible days. But they haven't gone away. They're active now in the United States of America. It's causing all the havoc that we're seeing and we're feeling oppression and depression and things, all, all the sexual stuff, everything. But the church has the power. Amen. But it's the church on fire that has the power. We can be under <laughs> the circumstances or we can be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God, and being filled with that power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. So we've got to let the Holy Spirit show us where we've gone wrong, where we've left him, or given our attention to something else. 
instead of him. He is the most important thing. And uh, John 16, verse 8, it says, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now, when the Holy Spirit begins to tell us things, he doesn't condemn us. The Holy Spirit does not bring condemnation. Amen? The Holy Spirit will reveal and bring to light things in our life. It could be things that are just maybe our attitudes. Or maybe unforgiveness of somebody that we haven't forgiven or something that's even way back that needs to be revealed. The Holy Spirit can do that. He can bring to our memory and, and, and we confess those things. We get them out of our lives so we can get, it's not a blockage there. We have an openness with the Holy Spirit that we can love him and he can love us, praise the Lord. So there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But we need to know some things sometimes. What is holding us back? The blockages. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Let's look at this scripture. This is prophetically speaking now. And this is, should be our relationship with the Holy Spirit. It says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Oh, praise God. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left hand, there's a voice behind you. The Holy Spirit is that voice. And how many of you know we'd save ourselves from a lot of trouble if we begin to tune in? Tune in. And you know, the generation we live in right now, you know, we're hooked up to you know, satellite radio and this and that, but, you know, AM and FM radios, you remember driving and trying to fine-tune? Come on now, all this static, you'd leave one area and move into another, you have to find another station and stuff like that. We're constantly moving, but we need to hone in. We need to, uh, oh, praise God, we need to work those dials so that we're always hearing that voice behind us. It's okay to do that. No, you better watch. The green light, the red light effect, you know what I mean? Amen? Sometimes a yellow light, that means to caution, right? Slow down, wait to the go or the stop. How many of you made decisions that's been stupid before and you knew after you made them, something was telling you on the inside? Huh? Come on, some things are more important than others. Every, we should learn even the little things. We bought a house once. Pastor Judy heard from God, and, but, uh, but I fought her on that. We first moved in. We, we were actually started the church, and uh, we were being told back here in New England that, that pastors come and they go, and that you need to buy a house. You need to show the people that you're, you're going to stay and so on and so forth. So this is way back when we first had our little church in Abington, and uh, we found it, you know, we saved up money, the people gave, and so on and so forth. We were able to, to get into this house in Brockton. But it wasn't God's will, even at the signing. Because we'd gone through all of the things, the paperwork and stuff like that. But Pastor Judy had a check in her heart. There was that voice behind her who said, no, don't do it. 
But my stupid thinking was, we've already done all this stuff. We can't back out now. So husbands, listen to your wives. Sometimes they're more sensitive to the Holy Ghost than we are. Come on now. So we ended up signing and getting into the house, and we ended up going bankrupt, losing the house. Why? Just because of not listening and obeying the Holy Spirit. See, I should have been man enough at that time to walk out and say, hey, the Holy Ghost hath said, <laughs> this is not the time. Amen? But I don't know if we'd put a deposit down or we were going to lose this or that. I don't remember the situation, but hey, it's more important to obey God than anything else. That still small voice. He is the Holy Spirit that guides us into all truth. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Isn't that good? I'm not getting in on you, right? One of the things that we need, and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and share this. I'm not going to mess anybody's theology up, but I'm going to go to Acts chapter 5. And I was wondering, Pastor Judy and I were talking about this. How many of you know the story about Ananias and Sapphira? Hmm? They're not brought up in the church much anymore. <laughs> but uh, let me go ahead and read this. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife sold a possession. He kept back part of the proceeds, and his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Now, right here, you see that Ananias, I mean, they were apparently Christians. I don't know. They were part of the, the, the New Testament church at this time. But there was a failure on Ananias' part and his wife also to listen to that, uh, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and obey in the Holy Spirit in this situation. So listen, Satan can plant things in our heads and our minds, but God plants things in our spirit, and we need to understand that. There's all kinds of voices out in the earth today, I and mean, we need to be sensitive to what voice that we're listening to, Amen. Does it agree? How many of you know the Bible says thou shalt not lie? <laughs> okay. All right. So apparently Ananias and Sapphira decided to lie, and it got them in deep trouble. Why has Satan filled your hearts to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not your own in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? See, they, have con they conceived that in their heart. You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon those. How many of you know that if that happened in church today, great. I'm going to have people come back. <laughs> come on now. Think about that. And then, uh, you know, in verse 7, his wife comes in and goes through the same scenario. You've lied to the Holy Spirit. You conspired with your husband to do this. And then she fell dead. Hmm. And it says in verse 11, so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. And I want to tell you this right now. There needs to be a healthy fear or what we call the, 
the reverential fear of the Lord. Somebody told me a long time ago, I don't know if it was an evangelist or something, he said, the reason why, I was asking as a young man, why, you know, I mean, a lot more people should be dropping dead in church because they're lying and everything else. <laughs> why did this happen in the, you know, think about this. Some of us might have been not here now. But he made this statement. It was in the very heat of, re- you want an awakening? You want a revival? You want the glory? He said, it was happening right in the glory. It was happening in revival. It was happening in the heat of revival, and you can't do those things. When the power of God is turned up. Mm. <laughs> I said, okay. Makes me wonder if I want to pray for revival or not. <laughs> but we need a reverential fear of the Lord. We need to respect the Holy Spirit. Amen? In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 27 says this, reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may avoid the snares of death. Reverential fear of the Lord. Think about that. How we really, do we have that awe? Do we have, I mean, no wonder they had church in a mighty way. I mean, they weren't playing around anymore. Just saying. Hallelujah. Now, because of the uh, lack of time this morning, we've, I'm going to just Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. We know that the day of Pentecost come, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And it said, Then appeared unto them divided tongues of fire and set upon each, each one of them. Now, Fire, tongues of fire, fire is a refining tool. In fact, John the Baptist says, the one that's coming after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? Fire. Fire. A lot of people, I believe, have been baptized with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, but they've not been acquainted with the fire of God in their life. And that's why, you know, our youth is going down to fire conference, amen? There's a reason why we're talking about fire in these last days. Because the church of Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Come on now. Hallelujah. How do you get wrinkle out of something that's really wrinkly? You take a hot iron to it, amen? You take some fire, you take a steamer, you take, you take something. It's time, glory to God, for, for us, the church, to come under the fire of the Holy Spirit to purify us, amen? <laughs> to set us free from addictions, to set us free from things that's holding us back from the glory of God being revealed in the earth. Hallelujah. So fire purifies, and when the Holy Spirit begins to deal with us with things, we need to stay in the process. Stay in the process, not trying to escape, not trying to get over there. And, you know, I don't know if I want to stay in that church or not because, you know, I just feel kind of weird when I go over there. You know, you stay in the process. You hear the messages. You hear the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter 5, verse 19 through 23, do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. 
And it says in verse 23, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit, that you may be whole in spirit, soul, and body to be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know if you realize or not, but Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. I don't know how many of you know who Leonard Ravenhill said, but he made this quote. You know, we live in a day when we are more afraid of holiness than we are of sinfulness. Let me say this. We live in the day when we are more afraid of holiness than we are of sinfulness. Uh, Amen. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. You say, Pastor, you have a lot of scriptures today. Yes, I do, but this is, uh, this is not my opinion. This is the word, okay? Chapter 5, verse 16, the Passion Translation. He says, <clears throat> this is Galatians. Apostle Paul writing to the church there at Galatia. Let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic, dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you, and the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then the two are incompatible and are conflicting forces within you. And you, your, and, and you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you yield your life to the Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. And we know these things. This is what a lot of Christians even deal with. Yes, Christians. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in their way, senseless arguments, resentment with others, okay, when others are favored. Temper tantrums. We don't have any of those problems, right? Angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addiction. The world is full of this, but this should not be in the church. Come on, say amen. Amen. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom, say freedom, freedom, for these things, we've been set free by the power and the blood of Jesus and the cross. But if you use your freedom for these things, you will not inherit the kingdom realm of God. But last portion of scripture, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all of its various expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Hallelujah. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion. Romans chapter 6. For everything connected with our self-life was put to death on the cross and was crucified. And it goes to say in verse 25, if the Spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. Amen. Living the life of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. 
Amen. I want you to stand this morning. It's time to stop playing with the world. Remember, the whole thing is, in Antioch, they were called Christians. Little Christ. Why? Because people saw Jesus in their life. And only through the work of the Holy Spirit can that happen in our lives. Yieldingness to God. That intimacy with the person of the Holy Spirit. He'll change you from the inside out. You try to change yourself, you're just going to come in bondage of condemnation. But if you allow the Holy Spirit, He'll not only show you, but He'll lead you out of that condition that you're in. Well, I can't love. Well, love is in you. It's been shed and brought in our heart by the Holy Spirit. And as children of God, I want you to lift up your hands right now and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to correct me. I want you to reveal things in my life attitudes, things that you're not pleased with. Turn the spotlight on my life. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I want to walk in holiness and upright before you today. I want to reflect the image of Jesus in everything that I do, every place that I go, in Jesus' name.